Hi, and welcome to our Pnimi. This is Saratova Best, Parshas Balak. We are going to explore the transformation of nature through nature, that nature transforms itself or it is transformed and there's a complete upgrade in nature. Now, obviously, we know that there's got to be an upgrade in nature at some point because when you go from Gullus to Geula, in Gullus, in Gullus, Hashem, God is concealed. So everything appears the way it appears. And in Geula, he's fully revealed. So everything appears completely differently. And, and there are millions of ramifications of that. Just pick every problem that we can think of now, and then that's going through the Gullus lens. And then, you know, take it out and put it through the Geula lens, and it'll be... Obviously, you can see how it will shift over to a completely different way. So there's got to be a, a a point. Well, let's take an example. Um, in Gullus, there's a lot of confusion. Mm-hmm. In Gaula, there's total clarity. You just have to turn it upside down. In Gullus, there's a lot of anger. In Gaula, there's a lot of love. In Gullus, there's a lot of um, misunderstanding. In Gula, there's a lot of clarity. Uh, you know, we could be, it's like, you could do it like a game. You know, we could make a board game and sell it for 1995. You know, if we're in Gula now and you have to flip over all the cards, you know, they'll have cards. So the top of the card will be confusion. So you turn it over and you have to guess what's going to be on the other side of the card. Oh, clarity. Um, anger, what's going to be on the other side of the cloud, card, whatever the opposite would be. So it's actually a good game and we should create it. So um, in Gullet, somebody's going to um, say, oh, good, I can make a lot of money at this game and really not be Lishma, not have the best intentions. <laughs> and in Gaula, um, people will do it because for the betterment of mankind, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, by the way, in Gullet, when you – uh, in Gullus, we have this I, this idea that uh, well, a, a million other things. Okay, so in Gullus, there's not enough. In Gaula, there's more than enough. In Gullus, there's um, there's a lot of confusion. In Gaula, there's total clarity. Plus, 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 plus. I, I I'm excited about making this game. So when we're when we're looking at Parshas Balak. It is the Parsha that deals with that flip over. Flip over all the cards. Shift them all over, turn them all over from that to that. Flip over all the cards, either gradually or, or quickly. And boom, you've got Gaula. And the amazing thing is that we know, because this teaches us that we always thought that it's going to be in a way of Gullus ends and it's over, goodbye, good riddance. And then a new reality comes along that's totally disconnected from Gaula. This is really crucial. In other words, picture this big red box. It's called Gullus, black box. And then at some point, Hashem, God, throws it away, throws it into the ocean, and then he pulls out the new box which is completely separate from the old box, and it's called Geula, and it's a different reality. And we always thought it was going to be like that. Turns out that one flows into the other, and turns out that the inside of Gullus is really Geula. So what you end up doing, you have this box, it's all this Gullus junk, and it turns out that if you turn it inside out, you know, you know, you have the ski jacket that's orange, orange on the outside and blue on the inside, and it's a reversible ski jacket. Those were the days. So you turn, you're turning the the gullus inside out, and it's a gaula. How convenient! When you think about it, you know, it's so efficient of a shem. He doesn't even waste space. He just hides the gaula inside the gullus. Now that's good news, and it's not good news. I mean, the not good, you know, every, I don't have to elaborate on the not good part of it. That, I mean, one of the tough parts about that is that means that every time we're in a little bit of a gullah, there's always going to be a gullah piece to it. 
you know, uh, um, like they're paving my alleyway. I guess that's good. It's wonderful. It's so gaulidic, and people will be able to drive through the alleyway without bumping their cars. What's the bad part? There's always going to be a bad part. They're doing it now, so it's noisy. <laughs> and I have to close the windows. Etc. Everything, in fact, from the moment of Chet Eitzadas, the tree of the sin of knowledge, from from the, the 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 sin of the tree of knowledge, sorry, the sin of the tree of knowledge, from the moment that Adam and Chava ate from that tree, what they did is they created a confusion of good and bad. They didn't create negativity. It was there, but it was far away. Adam and Chava were in the, the Garden of Eden, in Gan Eden, and maybe they had some awareness of it, but it wasn't, it didn't belong to them. It's like the economy in Nigeria, to tell you the truth, you know, it's the price of milk in, or the price of Coca-Cola in Nigeria. I really don't know. I probably never will know. It doesn't interest me that much how much it costs to buy a bottle of Coca-Cola in Nigeria. I don't know. It's not, eh, not my thing. So, um, So Gullus and Geula seems like very separate things. Turns out they are in the same place. Okay, so now that we had a break uh, in the middle of a sentence, <laughs> um, we're going to go jump to a new thought. This is a uh, Parsha's Balak must have a lot to do with uh, Hefsake. You know, you go from one reality to the other. So it's just sentence seems disjointed, it's because it's probably a very disjointed um, parsha. So, right, remembering what we were saying, how do you go from Galus to Geula? Right, okay, here's the Hashgacha Pratish. Here's the divine providence. We always thought that we will go from Galus to Geula with an interruption in the middle, a break. First we have Galus, then it finishes. Queen, seal, clean the kitchen, clean down the counter, you know, kosher everything. Picture a kitchen. Picture a kitchen. Picture a kitchen in a hotel. We're all going to go to this hotel for the summer. Now, it's a non-kosher kitchen in this hotel, right? Okay. So, we're, what do they do? They have to wait. I think you have, maybe you have to clean it. I don't even remember. Clean it thoroughly. And then wait 24 hours. Just let it sit. And then kosher it. And then you can use it. There has to be that interruption. So we're used to thinking that Gullus would stop. You'd be done. Clean it all up. Put it in the books. Put it on the shelf. Write all the stories about, remember the way it was in Gullus? Yeah, and sum it all up. Memories, graduation, put on your cap, you get your degree, we finish with Gullus. Everybody with their little tassel hat, Gullus is over, we do a whole celebration, pull out the champagne, Gullus is over, take a break. Okay, breathe in, drink some champagne. Wow, it was really hard, we got through it, we did it, we did it, we did it. Everybody's giving each other a yashakach and goodbye, good riddance. We, it, you put Gullus on a ship somewhere and it, it sails away. Ah! Then we take a little bit of a break. Then comes the Gula. And it would be perfect. And then you start to welcome in this whole new reality. You don't even remember what it was like in Gullus. Good luck. Not like that at all. One flows into the other. In fact, the 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 inner lining of the gullus is that it's really gaula. So what we do is we just we can almost even seamlessly go from one to the other. So this is somehow all embodied in Parsha's Balak. Parsha's Balak is a very unusual parsha. Because the Navuas that Bilam says, Bilam is not a great guy. <laughs> He's not 
exactly the Nasi Hadar. He's not the Tzadik Hadar. He's not even a Yid. None of that stuff. And yet embedded within what he's saying are these incredible Nevuas about Geula. Why him? And why in this Parsha? And, and, and what's going on? It's so, it's so counterintuitive. It's hard for us to understand it. That's probably right now while we're learning this, we're in this counterintuitive mood of, it, it, it doesn't feel orderly. This is clearly not an orderly Parsha. I mean, it's, it's really about Balak hired Bilam who, God forbid, God forbid, curse the Yidden. And be done with the plan. Because remember, here we were on the way to settling the world. <clears throat> we came out of slavery. That we know. We know how to be slaves. We know how to be enslaved to all kinds of things. But there we were traveling in the desert in the Midbar on our way to the land of Israel where we would finally settle into who we really are and whom we were meant to be. And, and, and have Geula. Not a simple transition. Whom do we need along the way? Bilam, who was sent by Balak. And they're using every trick in the book to try to get us off course. To actually not get to Eretz Yisrael. In many different ways. They didn't have to stand in front of us and say, borders closed. It was much easier. They said like this, these are God's people. When God is happy with them, he gives them, you know, when he's not happy, it's too slower. So let's just get them to mess up. They're on their way, you know, full speed ahead to the land of Israel to become, to fully step into what they were created to be. God's holy people in a settled way, not wandering. Not Remember, we were Hashem's holy people, but in slavery. Well, okay, the good first part of the equation is good. Hashem, God's holy people. Good. <clears throat> in slavery? How could God's holy people be enslaved? Oh, okay, it's a transition. All right, fine. We want something permanent. Okay. All right, so then we're out of Gullus. We're out of Mitzrayim. Okay, so now will we fully step into who we were created to be? Well, now we're wandering in the desert. And all these things are coming at us all the time. Snakes and scorpions and all these things. So now we're God's holy people. But this isn't, we're not, we're in, we're not in a, we're in an uninhabited place. We're not settled. Well, then that can't be the real thing. This is also just a step to the real thing. So when will we fully step into who we were created to be? You mean, when we get to the land of Israel. Then we, the holy people in the holy land, to serve God in a holy way. Perfect. It's all lined up. Yay. So, of course, Bala comes along, Bilam, and they say, if you do, if you get there, smoothly and seamlessly, <laughs> all the forces that fight that completion that you'll bring to the world will just melt. We're not ready for it all to melt yet. We're going to try to stand in the way and try to stop you. Like the donkey, who is it, Dillon's donkey? Dillon's donkey was trying to get him somewhere. And he, and he couldn't, the donkey couldn't proceed. Why not? The donkey saw a malach, an angel, standing right in the road, stopping him. So just like Bilam's donkey was stopped by a malach, an angel, we have all of those nations trying to stop us from getting to our ultimate goal. Now, if they would think about it, that's ridiculous. When we have completion, they have completion. What are they thinking? And it took all these few thousand years to get them to the point of what they're starting to realize. Wait a minute. When the Jewish people have completion, the whole world has completion. Why would we want to stop them? 
We're just stopping ourselves. But it was such a long process till we get to this point. So the whole story of that is in Parsha's Balak. Here this prophet is sent to try to stop us in our tracks from bringing the world to the Ula. And it's very complex. And in the end, what happens is that prophet who's sent to God forbid, God forbid, curse us, can't do it. He ends up blessing us. He ends up benching us against his will. And the whole thing is somewhat thwarted, but they certainly slow down the process. And the proof is we are not in full Geula at this moment at all, in any way, in any form whatsoever. So we know that they, this Parsha, these guys, these characters in the Parsha, they did have, plus all of the other characters in history, they they did manage to pull a few strings. Of course, it's telling us that what we want to do is step into our full power as Yidden, as miraculous Jews who have a unique connection with Hashem, with God, and can step into a miraculous space in which truth and life step in, move to a place of eternity and who we are. We step into our full power. We are now in the process of stepping into our full power and bringing the world, bringing the true truth of the world, the truth and this to its full power. So this is all happening in this week's Parsha, in Parsha's Balak. So I'm going to go into the Sikha a little bit. The Sikha is about, the, essentially, the change in the nature of nature. We have a horn celebrating what we just said. Okay. The change in the nature of nature. Okay. Okay, so Parsha's follows. The din is that the Hastaira of the Parsha has to be um, a Me'ain of the Parsha. It's like the Parsha. And not only that, Me'ain of the sea at the, end, at the end of the Parsha. What does that mean? There were times, I think it was, I think it was in the times of the Romans, I'm not sure, that it was forbidden to read from the Torah. Different times in history. However, for some reason, they never forbid those nations that forbid us from reading from the Torah. Now, of course, why would they forbid us from reading from the Torah? They understood that our whole power is in, in our deep unity and connection with Torah, clearly. So the, what was done by the sages was that the Haftira was created and Haftira was allowed to be read, which is always the same theme. I don't want to use that word, the same theme as the Parsha. So in in really the the Haftira is a, is coming from the dark days when even the basic Jewish stuff that and the basic holy stuff that we wanted to do could be was not allowed to be done. So it's a very dark time, and yet at the same time it's it's creating a match a match between a part of Nach. A part of Tanakh was chosen every for every week that corresponded to the Parsha. Now, this is not just a random thing, and some people sat down and they said, mm, let's see, theme, let's pick a theme. But rather, it was chosen, the part of Nach was chosen by divine providence. So every single week, we can look at the Parsha, and we can look at the Hakira and say, and look at the similarities. And really... What are you looking at? When you're looking at the Parsha, you're looking at reality as it is from God's perspective. He, made, he gave us the Torah, his Torah. From his perspective, he's giving us a Parsha every week. He's telling us what he thinks from a more Geuladic point of view. And then we have the Haftira that was chosen. Oh, good. Then, we, then we have the Haftira that was chosen every week for every Parsha, 
and you can say that that was chosen by the sages, but it was really chosen by divine providence. And it, it's more um, the same godliness brought into the world, the same godliness filtered through in a user-friendly way, the way it comes out in the world. So there's always going to be, a, it's fascinating to see the connection between the Parsha, which is sort of coming from above, and the Tyra, which is coming from, from, from below. So what does Parsha's Balak have to do with the Haftira? In the Haftira, it is speaking about how Hashem says to us, Ami Zacharna Mayat Balak Maya, Melach Maya, Vumba'ana Oisa Bilam Ben Ba'or Minashitim. It's speaking about what did Balak suggest to the king of Moab? And what did Bilam answer him? They had this whole discussion. One is saying, you know, these Jewish people passing our land and they're on the way to the land of Israel. We have to stop them because if, if they keep on going, we're going to have Geula and we're coming from the side of evil and negativity. And if they succeed, we lose. That was an old, old mentality. So we've got to do something to stop these Jewish people from moving forward to the land of Israel. Now, everything in our lives is moving us forward to Eretz Israel. Whether it's a spiritual Eretz Israel or a physical Eretz Israel, everything about, our, about being Jewish means you're on your way to Israel. Hi. Oh, are you Jewish? Yes, I am. So what do you, what do you, oh, that's so interesting. What do you, so what's Judaism all about? Oh, we're on the way to the land of Israel. We're on the way to the promised land. That's it? Basically, yeah, the rest is detail. Which is, what is Yiddishkeit? On the way, we're on the way to, you know, with my knapsack on my back, I can't sing the song, but with my knapsack on my back, I'm on my way to the promised land. That's it. Somebody wants to know, what is Judaism? That's it. They stop you from the New York Times, now you'll tell them. Oh, are you Jewish yet? With Judaism, it's a journey to the promised land. Good. And they'll, they'll, today, they will, at once upon a time, they said, we don't like you because of that. <laughs> today they say, will you please take me with you? That's the difference. That's a huge transformation. Which, by the way, when we look at Leonhar as a miracle of what's been going on in New York City, in the past weeks, what was, you know, uh, demonstrations and marches and all of that and gatherings, uh, anti, gatherings against the rules of, uh, Corona. All these big gatherings, they were gatherings that were completely uncharacteristic of all of history. All of history is, there are big gatherings of non-Jews. They're usually not thinking good things, good thoughts about us. And they usually somehow managed to notice us when they were in a bad mood. Let's just say that. When mobs of non-Jews throughout history were in a bad mood or in a very energetic mood, somehow they would always notice us and not have such good feelings. God forbid, Rahman Muslim, Hayalatiya. That's the way it was. If we notice, Kanayin Hara. How do you have groups and groups and groups of kind of angry non-Jews? They walk right past our neighborhood. And it's not on their mind. They have a goal. They're going somewhere. It's not on their mind. Nobody is understanding the magnitude of the miracle that we have been through in the past few weeks. March, okay, and you also see pictures of we have political reasons why the police were there to make sure that they don't come into the Jewish neighborhood. No question. It happens in a way of nature. Now, it's different. We don't really have police anymore, do we? La-di-da. That's interesting, right? We, can't, we don't really have police that we can count on because, you know, you know what happens. I, our... Uh, unethical political leaders, may they uh, be uh, treated by God in the way that they deserve. (laughs) Or, you know, may things work out. Our unethical political leaders, uh, you know, don't have a very clean agenda. 
Okay. But the point is, here we have, God has a clean agenda. And when you had angry mobs, they walked right past our neighborhood, ran her, and they kept on walking. They had something else in mind. When did you see angry mobs of non-Jews think, thinking about other things? You never did. We have no idea what kind of a miracle we have just witnessed. Everybody's busy noticing how terrible it is because there are firecrackers at night. I'll take the firecrackers. That's okay. I'll wear earplugs. That's fine. I just feel like people were all running to Gracie Mansion to protest that there are fireworks all night, which I understand little children can't sleep and all of that stuff. But quite honestly, um, I, I would take the fireworks anytime. Just keep walking past our neighborhoods. Don't even think about it. Set off the firecrackers, keep busy, no problem. Okay, but that's all transitioning. So there's something massive happening from above. So, again, back to the Parsha of Balak. What is our question here? Again, the question is, the, the Parsha and the Haftairah has a very clear clear connection. The Haftairah is speaking about about this idea, remember what was done with Balak and Bilam, and it's very clear. But what's not understood, but sorry, what is understood, and especially what is known, that the Haftarah came at a very strange time. Haftarah came, as we said before, because we were forbidden in certain times in history to learn to read from the Torah, but the Haftarah was allowed. So the theme of the piece of Nach, of Tanakh, that was chosen by our sages, that, co- that corresponded as closely as possible to the theme, you want to call it that, of the Parsha, that's the way it's always going to be. It was chosen then because, for that reason. The reason the Haftarah was chosen to correspond was for a very dark, frightening, dangerous reason. They didn't let us read from the Torah. Not a good thing. And yet, even in this great darkness, what we have now is the Haftarah that corresponds in a most unbelievable way to the Parsha. And when we look into it, we see secrets upon secrets upon secrets and incredible truths about ourselves and about the world and about life and about war and peace and friends and enemies and where we're going historically. It's unbelievable. So... The connection between the Haftarah and the Parsha is not just in one pocket. The whole Parsha and the whole Haftarah really sync up. And we know that the content of something is hinted at in the beginning. Right? Stephanie, what's your name? Oh, my name is Miriam. By the way, I know a lot of stuff about you. So we understand there's a connection between the beginning of the Haftarah and the Parsha. The beginning of the Hatari is the highest Eris Yaakov the care of Amin Rabin, the Sholali Kavali Ishwala Yusal of Adam. That's the Hatari. That there will be a remnant of Yaakov, a remnant of the Jews, um, among the nations. Yeah. Some will live in America, some will live in Taiwan, you know, some. Some people live in New York. Some people live in Taiwan. You can have friends all over the world. And there are shluchim, specifically. There are shluchim in the strangest places. Because there will be a remnant of Yaakov Avinu among the nations, among all the nations, everywhere. And interesting, this Haftar, if you had read it several hundred years ago, you would think, okay, God sends Somehow he sends Jews all over the world. By They somehow got there, but they shouldn't be there. No one would have ever believed that, 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 that the Rebbe would come along and say, we are going to do this willingly. This isn't just a mistake. You know, okay, for different reasons. Jews were dispersed all over the world, and there they all are all over the world. That's one thing. No one would have ever predicted something called shlichus, which means, you willingly, with a purpose, send Jews who, who could normally stay in their community 
and, and strengthen their community. You send them all over the world. And now you really have the remnants of Yaakov all over the world. And, and, and it was done on purpose. We're spark finders. We're spark elevators. We sense the sparks of holiness everywhere we go. And we have the ability to elevate them. So we really need to be in every part of the world. The remnant of Yaakov among all the nations. So what are we doing there? Okay, so here I am. I'm, um, you know, Miriam Cohen. And where do I live? I live in Zimbabwe. Right? Let's say. What are you doing in Zimbabwe? Or I live in, well, you know, or or you have Yaakov Pfeiffer. And where does he live? He lives in Kazakhstan. What is he doing in Kazakhstan? Well, that's where he has his business. His family grew up there. Kazakhstan. Seriously? Okay. So we have the remnants of Yaakov all over the world. So what are we doing there? What the Haftarah is saying is, we're doing them an unbelievable thing. While we're there, all over the world, we have Jews all over the world. What are we doing? Asher lo yekava le'ish v'le'yecha le'vnei adam. This is, um, we don't trust in man, and we don't, basically two ways of saying we don't trust in man. So who do, who do you trust in? In other words, don't depend on your neighbor to, you know, oh, hi, I just moved here to Zimbabwe. Could you help me find an apartment? Sure. Okay. Well, in a way, trusting, and then, oh, boy, oh, he got me a really lousy apartment with a high rent. What? Oh, boy, I never should have trusted this guy. You know, he messed me up. Well, yeah, don't trust in men. So there are two ways of saying it. Trust in trust in Hashem. We're going to be all around the world, and we're going to step into this avaida that we won't be nikavaleish and yechalivneyadim. We're not going to we're not going to say well, these people will help me. We're going to say God will help me in two different ways. Very interesting. Really, it's not that we're going to stop asking people to help us. But we're going to recognize that whenever we ask anyone to help us, it's not them, it's Hashem. So Lahabdil, I drive up with my car to the gas station, and I go inside, and I give them my credit card. And I say, well, um, I tried the pump, and it doesn't work. They say, just a minute, I'll come out and help you. Ding, 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 ding. Wait a minute, don't trust the man. He's going to come. They're going to come and help me fill up the tank or, right? Oh, good thing this person came out to help me. Otherwise, I could never do it myself. So what is this telling us? Yes, you should say, thank you very much, sir, and give him a Shia card, give him a good card, of course. Give him a seven Mrs. card, 90%. That's why you came into contact with the person. Or give her, right? That's why you came into contact with the person. But who really helps me? I don't know how to get the gasoline into my car. Who really helped me? Hashem. But I do owe this person a thank you. The last thing we want to do is say, why should I say thank you? It wasn't him anyway. It wasn't her anyway. It's Hashem. No, 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 no. But when we say thank you, we're saying to Hashem expressing himself through this person. However, that whole system works. So, the Haftaira, okay, so with that in mind, we're back to Parsha's Balak, the Parsha and the Haftarah. The Haftarah is speaking about the beginning of Geula. That means not the time when it's Mashiach Vagai, after everything is finished, after Hashem will transform all the nations to one language and everything will be, everybody will trans, everybody will be transformed to serve, serve Hashem in, with one language. No, 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 no. That will happen. Zahatayra is not speaking about that time. This week, Zahatayra is not speaking about it. Zahatayra is speaking about um, a time when there's still wars going on. The nations of the world. 
There will be the remnants of Yaakov, that's us, among the nations all over the world, in Zimbabwe and all these other places, in New York City, in all the places you say, that, is that where a Yid belongs? Doesn't it belong in Yerushalayim? Right. But perhaps Taylor is speaking about the time when we will still be all over the world, the remnant of Yaakov, that's us, will be, and it will be like a lion among the, among the, the animals, you know, there'll be hungry wild animals, and we're like this lion among the animals. And not only, so the Haftari is speaking about this time, we really want to understand this. This week's Haftari is speaking about a time when we're still in Gaul. Or among the older nations, you go to the gas station, you have to ask somebody for help, things don't work, the pump doesn't work, then they overcharge us, then we have to call the credit card company, and we have to cancel the transaction, we have to argue with them, and then we started again, and then, then they made a mistake on your card, so now they have to send you a new card, they have to cancel it, you lost your card, da 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 all that, and then you have to put in a complaint, and then they're arguing with you, complaint to the main gas station, plus, 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 plus. Nice, fun, colors. The Haftarah is saying this colors is also the beginning of the Geula. You're in the midst of all these wars. Life is not simple. In the midst of all these wars. That's called the beginning of the Geula. That's so funny. Sure doesn't feel like the beginning of the Geula. If it were Geula, I wouldn't have to fight with them at the gas station. I'm picking really ridiculous examples because we don't want to take really awful examples. But if it's it's the beginning of the Geula, why would they overcharge me at the gas station? And why would I have all these problems? Isn't the beginning of the Geula just yummy, yum, yum? It's an amazing time. Everything just works. What's going on? So, says the Sikha, the Haftarah is speaking about the beginning of the Geula, not just the time of Mashiach Vadai, when everything has been completed. When we have Mashiach Vadai, all the wars will be over, and as Epochel Amin Shemachai. And after we have Mashiach Vadai, then our whole language of all the nations will be transformed to one clear language that just says, Hashem That's when we have Mashiach Fada. This Haftarah is not speaking about that time. Today's Haftarah is speaking about the time before that. Not full Gula. When we all have one language and there are no more wars and life is perfect. That's called full Gula. Beginning of Gula is when it's still quite messy. Wars, problems, this, that, all the junk. So that's where we're, we're not used to that. We're used to thinking, Gula, everything's good. Gullus, everything's bad. We never thought about the idea that the beginning of the Gula is some of that and some of that. Exactly the time we're in now. Some of the not good stuff, and some of the very good stuff. And they keep interchanging and intermingling and it's, it, it, it changes by the minute. It's these complex combinations of the old and the new and the old and the new and it keeps moving and changing. It's like those, you know, pictures on the computer. Just It's it just even your screensaver. You ever get bored and look at the screensaver, how it's just moving around, you know, this line is coming and going and merging into a circle, which... Uh, that's it, the screensavers on everybody's computer, which can they make you dizzy. They really express the time we're in. It's some of that and some of that. It's the beginning of the Gaula. But it sure feels like Gullus because there are so many Gullus parts to it. And yet it's the beginning of the Gaula. So we could ask, what do I need it for? There's so many Gullus parts to it. So the answer is, there's, there's an infinite difference between the beginning of, between a full gullus, God forbid, God forbid, in which there is no hope and there is no way out, versus, God forbid, versus 
a beginning of Geula which still has lots of Gullah's parts. Because that means the bad news is, the hard news is there's still lots of Gullah's parts. The good news is there's lots of Geula pieces in it and they're interplaying every single second. It's not, a, it's not, it's not nicely packaged each one. They just keep intermingling every single second. The Gullah's parts, the Geula parts. And how we see them has everything to do with how these two parts in, um, in, intermingle with each other, the Gullus and Gaula. It's not like we're watching a scene. You know, you're watching your screensaver. I, I, really, when you're watching your screensaver on your computer, the line is going to the side, and then the circle is coming here, and then the dots are going in. It just keeps moving and moving in all, all these new combinations. We are in that period of time, and we influence it. Okay, so it's a mixture of both. Okay, and not only that, um, the time that we're speaking about in Haftarah, nicht nur das in dem Zman medibar Haftarah noch sein ra. Okay, this period that we're talking about in the Haftarah, he says, what is, what is going on? What is the Haftarah talking about? It's very clearly. Bahayash Eretz Yaakov Agrayim. There will be a remnant of Yaakov out among the nations. And we will have a very unusual Avaida, which is, We're in this neither here nor there period in time. And what we're supposed to be doing is, don't trust, well, what does it mean, don't trust man? Trust God. Have our sights trust in a higher in a higher way of understanding reality. Let's not get stuck, and this is a very difficult divider to do. Let's not get stuck in the muck, in the mud of how life is playing out. All you have to do is look at your screensaver and you see the colors are you know red, blue, green. It, it, it's you get dizzy looking at the screensaver, how all the colors are moving around and doing all of this stuff. And, and, and it looks like, oh my goodness, we need to see a higher perspective. Because two things are happening at the same time. Gaula is happening fully. And yet there are lots of pieces left Manuswan of Gaulas that are happening. And the question is, which one are we going to notice more? And which one will we call truth? This is the question. We know what Hashem says. The truth is the Geula part. But it becomes a huge challenge to feel it when the Gullah part of it is so compelling. Okay. So what does it say? Oh, my. Okay. We're going to sum this up in a minute. Okay. This time we're speaking about in the Hatshara is talking about a time when there's evil outside. There's evil from the nations, but, and there's even evil from within. And what do we have to do? What we have to do is uproot all the idolatry, uproot all the evil, and the evil at that time is with such strength that we have to have help from above to get rid of it. Because the Haftarah is speaking about the time of the beginning of the Gula, when there will be the last preparations for the Gula Shlema. And I'm going to sum all this up. So in this Parsha, Parsha's Balak, we're speaking, we're speaking about a similar time. Coming into Eretz Yisrael the very first time. Okay, so let's pull all of this together. The surprise here is the following. We thought we would have two disconnected parts. We thought that life would be, history, Jewish history would be. Now you have Gullus. Then it finishes. Then we take a break. You know, go and drink a little coffee. Take a little break. And then we have Geula. Who would have ever believed that one would flow into the other. One would 
turn turn the gullus inside out, and you have to. And what do you have? The geula. All of this is brought out in the Haftarah. And the same thing, and we'll sum it up here. The same thing in the Parsha, Parsha's Balas, is speaking about coming into the land of Israel the very first time. Um, oh. We were, at that time, in the Parsha, the Arvath Moab, Averly Arden, on the other side of, outside of the land of Israel, the plains of Mayav, the other side of the Yarden. And we're ready to go into the land of Israel. Like it will be in the future. Just like us now. Here we are on the other side of the river. We are on the other side of the Yarden. We're on the other side of Geula. We're kind of peeking in, all of us. And there's so much confusion and there's so much craziness going on. There's so much awfulness, Rahmanuslan, and besides this stuff is just clearly not positive. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know that it's not positive. And then there's a whole bunch of stuff that we quite we don't we don't quite know how to interpret. Is it good? Is it bad? There are demonstrations on the streets, it's good for us, it's bad for us. And we want to put all that stuff that we're not quite sure about in the Geula category. That becomes our challenge. Take as much stuff at this point in history, just like when we were going into, into the land of Israel in the future, take as much stuff as you can with it, with you, put it into the Geula box. Whatever you can, that you're not sure. Is this a gullus or is this a geula? You name it. Oh, I can't believe it. They put the, they, they, the, the price of cupcakes went up. Is that a gullus or a geula? We want to make a decision that every single thing that's happening is a geula. Just as I'm sitting here now, learning this at the window, what did I see? A yellow school bus. And I'm thinking, what's strange about that? Wow. I haven't seen yellow school buses in a long time, for several months. And now we have them. Is that a gullus or is that a geula? I could say, oh, it reminds me that we didn't have school for so long and it was so terrible. Or I could say, wow, we went through something very, very beyond understanding in those weeks. And now... We're taking that all to Geula. Children are going to go to school again. They're going to go to camp on school buses. Wow. There was that interim. So we're getting ready to go into Eretz Yisrael, like when we will in the future. And especially, if not, if not for messing up, so to speak, the first time we would have gone into Eretz Yisrael immediately. So to sum all of this up after a short break, to sum all of this up is really to go back to this piece. What are we talking about today? The Haftaira is speaking about the time of the beginning of the Geula, when all of the last preparations for the Geula Shlema will happen. We always thought that the beginning of the Geula would just be very peachy, you know, very beautiful, like a beautiful rose. It's the beginning of the Geula, in fact. What could it look like? Like a beautiful rose that has a beautiful aroma. It's the beginning of Geula. Isn't Geula beautiful and flavorful and fragrant and all of that stuff? And the beginning of it will be that too. But the the key here is it's Geula. Geula is fragrant and beautiful and and warm and soft and delicious and and revolutionary. All kinds of good things. That's the Geula. But beginning of the geula has some of that taste and some of that taste. And so we're going, some of the taste of where we came from and some of the taste of where we're going to. So it has an unusual, it has a bittersweet flavor, unfortunately. And so when we get caught in tasting the flavor of the projected in the Hupsiris, the flavor of the beginning of the geula, we're going to have 
two flavors meeting up at the same time or on, you know, this flavor and then that flavor. It's it's very confusing and it's not so bright and it's all of this, and yet it's clear and it's clean and it's gauladic and it's open and it's miraculous. And we're going, we're going to have we're going to have both of these converging together. So this is what Parshas Balak is all about. It's this melange, it's this combination of Gullus energy and Gaula energy coming core to core confrontation. Just like there was a core to core confrontation between Balak and the Yidden. We were representing pure Kedusha. And he's representing pure non-Kedusha, the, the enemy to Kedusha. And they come face to face. And that's the process that we go through as we go into Eretz Yisrael. So the, what we derive from this is, and we'll continue this tomorrow, what we derive from this is that when we taste the flavor of not full Geula, we can't, we, we have to know that the Geula Shlema is going to come with two opposite flavors happening at the same time. The Geula Shlema is going to have these two opposite flavors, literally, or the Geula. The beginning of the Geula is going to have two opposite flavors. One flavor is the flavor of, wow, this is Geula. The other flavor is where we've just come from, the last seconds of Gullah, or the last what does it say? The last moment of Gullus becomes the first moment of Geula. So that has two di- di- diametrically opposite flavors. And um, and the, one of the reasons we need to know this is that otherwise, when we taste Rahman Uslan, Rahman Uslan, a Gullus moment, we we can't we can't take we can't make the that, oh, this is full gullus. We have to realize that part is done. No more full gullus. Now, we either have, at moments, full gaula or a combo of the two. Full gullus is over. So when we experience gullus, we can't say, you see, we knew, it's gullus. We're not getting anywhere. We have to realize we're in this transition phase between gullus and gaula. And the more we tune into the gaula part, the more it unfolds for us so that it happens quicker and quick is not fast enough. We want now, and may we find ourselves in the Gula Mitzvashlema immediately now. We will continue this Ucha tomorrow.